Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. Hey folks, I hope that you're all doing well and playing regularly. On this episode, I want to share some best practices that go into choosing a bedroom amplifier. It does seem like everything on the planet wants to call itself a bedroom amp. I once had a full Marshall stack in a bedroom, but it didn't really qualify for several reasons. So let's look at some reasonable deliverables for consideration. And the first consideration is going to be size. A bedroom amp needs not to take up the whole bedroom. It needs to be compact and lightweight and easy to move around. Often an amp like this needs to be small enough to sit on a small table or on a chair or, as happens in smaller places, sitting on the bed beside you. As this will mean small speakers with limited service area, we're going to be looking at something that does some form of digital modeling or computational audio so it doesn't sound like a soup can. Power, meaning output power, is another consideration. Some people assume that a bedroom amp has to be powered by batteries. That's a nice thing, but more important around a campfire than in a bedroom, which by design commonly has AC outlets available. Batteries designed to deliver sufficient power are going to add weight and bulk and will regularly need recharging, or in the case of the use of alkalines, regular and costly replacement. So you need to ask yourself just how important battery power is to your personal use before spending the extra money to get battery support in an amplifier. Some bedroom amps have wireless receivers built in that will work with a proprietary transmitter that will plug into your guitar or bass. Sometimes these transmitters are included, but more often they're an extra cost and that extra cost is typically over a hundred bucks. So that relatively inexpensive amp just got more expensive. These transmitter wireless systems, well, we're friends here, so I'm gonna be honest. They're pretty basic and they operate in the 2.4 gigahertz spectrum where most everything else lives, like phones, routers, microwaves, and not so smart appliances. It's pretty crammed and noisy space. There's a lot of interference in these bands and some of these units do not do a good job of channel hopping. Plus, the transmitters are constantly in need of recharging, and that means that there needs to be a constant power source for the amp. Personally, I find them to be a pain in the ass, but you should let your own needs guide your purchase. A bedroom amplifier should be multifunctional from an instrument perspective. This means that if you're gonna plug in an electric guitar, the amplifier should be able to model a variety of different amplifiers. If you plug in a bass, there should be at least one model of bass amplifier. And similarly, if you plug in an acoustic electric guitar, it should be able to deliver an acoustic amplifier. These acoustic amplifier simulations seem to be the hardest for makers to do because their amp simulations need to be able to correct for horrible sounding piezo pickups. The amplifier should provide a decent array of good sounding effects. Fortunately, the days of craptastic all-in-ones are mostly gone. 
In addition to the amp simulations themselves, you want to see the option for compression, delay, modulation, reverb, and perhaps even choices when within each of these. The amp should have real knobs that you can turn so you can get to the settings that you use and prefer easily. In today's time, Bluetooth connectivity is pretty much a given. All of the amps that one would consider in this space have more capability than their small and limited physical interfaces can possibly handle. And on some options, some effects are only available via Bluetooth on your smart device. The user interface should be sized properly for smartphones and detect when you're connecting with a larger tablet device and give you a more effective and better user experience. This used to be a horror show, but things have improved, and while some user interfaces are still pretty ugly, others have attained a decent level of usability. While endless meanderings and settings can be fun, this does get in the way of useful practice, so any bedroom amplifier should easily support the creation and saving of presets. You know, a combination of amplifier models, effects that you're going to use again and again. These presets should be assignable to physical buttons on the amplifier and the remainder available through the interface on your mobile device. Most players don't use tons of presets, so I propose a minimum of four directly accessible on the amplifier face as a reasonable option. Think of a clean amp a dirty amp, maybe a second clean amp that you're drowning in reverb, or an acoustic variant, and perhaps a bass preset for when you want to bring the thump. Power output is also misleading. When we look at some of these amps, the power output quoted is all over the map from under 1 watt to up to 40 watts. Now, watts are always watts, but how those watts are used makes an enormous difference. Since we're talking about light and portable, we're not going to be talking about tube power. And so we're typically talking about a class D solid state power side, most often combined with a digital signal processing DSP front end. Well, one watt is always one watt. A one watt tube amp can cross the threshold to too darn loud for a bedroom pretty easily. While a class D one watt amp may sound too quiet and have no body to it at all. When it comes to solid state, more power does not necessarily mean a lot heavier because of the nature of the circuit design. And power may be the difference between good sound and, well, the kind you don't like. In that context, you'd be best advised to audition amps yourself and determine the power range output that's suitable for your needs. Now, because the speakers in these amps tend to be small in diameter, typically maxing out at about four inches, they can't move much air. And if you have to turn the amp all the way up to get a decent volume, you're going to hear, well, you're going to hear garbage. A bedroom amp that works for you with volume set between one and five is a much better choice because you're not going to be pushing the power stage so hard that it's trying to kill the speakers. Some people advise getting a separate speaker cabinet. Your choice, of course. But it gets in the way of keeping cost under control and also adds a requirement for space and wiring. 
Let's think about this clearly. You're better served to pick a bedroom amp that is completely self-contained. Basically, you want to be able to grab it with one hand and move it around. Many of these amps will connect to your computer via USB and either include a limited-use DAW license or work directly with the recording software that came with your computer. If you have a Macintosh, you have GarageBand, and there is no better, no-cost, high-quality DAW out there. Recording yourself is an incredibly important learning tool, and making that easy is very important. If all the work that you have to do is connect a USB cable, launch the DAW, and hit record, it really doesn't get much simpler. There are free limited DAWs for Windows like Ableton Lite or Pro Tools First, or a very cool looking open source offering called Ardor. My good friend Andrew, who's just gotten into recording and has to use Windows, is having enormous success with Reaper. Unfortunately, since Fender bought PreSonus, Studio One Prime, which was a great starter DAW, has been dropped. I've tried a number of different bedroom type amps, and there are three that I would recommend that you take some time to look at. The Yamaha THR family has been around for a while. In fact, it's gone through some revisions for improvements. The effects included are based on Yamaha's Line 6 lineup, meaning they're very good. The units themselves are portable, and they're available with battery options available. The THR 10 Model 2 is a good unit priced around 460 Canadian dollars. And of course, you can spend more to get battery and wireless versions available. At 20 watts, it can be decently loud. The number of models may do some option paralysis. There is a 30 watt model, more power, but it also includes wireless and battery operation and tips the pricing scale at $760 Canadian. The second bedroom amp I would suggest consideration for is the Boss Katana Air, which is about $660 Canadian dollars. It's a really nice little amp that sounds good and it includes a slew of Boss effects. Boss knows what they're doing when it comes to the sound of effects. Like the other apps, you're going to need the app on your smart device to be able to leverage all its capabilities. Boss does have a 7-watt mini-amp. Since this is my show, in my opinion, I'm going to say, just don't bother. The Katana Air is a 30-watt output on AC, or 20 watts if you use the alkaline battery power option. But if you're going to run it on alkalines, I'd strongly advise that you own sufficient ownership stakes in a battery company. A brand formerly known mostly through Amazon is Spark, coming from a company called Positive Grid. Now, you're not going to find these in music stores. They sell direct. There are three Spark models, the Spark, the Spark Mini, and the Spark Go. The Spark Go is getting lots of media attention because it's new, it's incredibly small, but it's useless without the app. And in my opinion, sounds like a tin can full of old nuts and bolts. It sells for $180 Canadian, so it certainly hits a price point. The Spark Mini sells for $310 Canadian dollars, 
and puts out 10 watts. But again, the panel controls on it are very limited. For 370 Canadian dollars, you get the regular Spark, which puts out 40 watts. It can use the same Bluetooth app as all the other Sparks, but also has a proper and usable physical control panel. It can get decently loud, has really decent sounding effects, and like all Spark amps, can act as a recording interface via USB. Bear in mind, there's no battery option on the Spark 40 watt unit. If I were buying today and wanted small, portable, easy to connect for recording amp with good sound for practice and bedroom playing, I'll say that you'd be hard pressed to beat the 40 watt Spark. I can speak with authority on this subject because I bought and own the Yamaha THR Model 2 30 wireless, it lives on a shelf in my office, the Boss Katana Air, which has been seconded for practice use for my daughter, and the Spark 40 watt unit. That Spark has not yet found a permanent spot because I keep dragging it around for basic field recording. None of these amps are going to blow away a higher end solid state amp or tube amp. But when it comes to small size, decent sound and ease of use, they really do excel. Thanks as always for listening. I hope that the episode was helpful to you. Leave a comment to let me know or suggest future topics. For the podcast at thatguitarlover.com, I'm Ross Chevalier, and until next time, peace.